0: and finding the happiness you deserve. Thank you for joining us. Welcome, welcome. This is
1: Gemma. It is wonderful, absolutely wonderful to be here with you. And, uh, wow, I had the pleasure last night of listening to Phoenix sing, and it was so delightful. It was just amazing. And, um, just for the fun of it, just for the fun of it, she was just all over it. And, um, and I loved It, 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 She did some, um, of her light language singing, which was magic, and she played guitar with it, which I've never seen her do before, and then she did some of her songs, and the one she's going to do for the talent show, and it was, like, I don't know, very magical. Uh, I was thinking that her light language singing could be such beautiful, beautiful music for meditation, and, um... And I was also thinking, oh, I wish I had my phone so I could have recorded her singing last night. But, you know, it was like enough to just stay present and not jump up and interrupt it. And I don't know, it was just so, mm, just a moment I got to capture in my heart. And that's what we do with those moments. I remember when I was younger, I had a camera. I got a camera when I was like, um, I want to say a junior in high school. I was just inspired to take my money, which I had been saving, 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 and buy this camera. And I think it might've been $2,000. It was expensive. I I can't, yeah, um, I don't remember, but it was very expensive Nikon camera and my mom wouldn't let me get fully automatic, which I was so, you know, like not happy about, but I got semi-automatic, semi-worked. It had an auto feature. It didn't do auto shooting where you had the, um, where it would take a mini, um, what do you call that? Many frames uh, per per minute or something. So that was the only feature I really didn't get. Oh, Oh, you know what? Hmm. Mine had auto like aperture and stuff, but it didn't, I had to focus it, but the other one was auto focus. So yeah, that was the difference. And, um, I could have afforded the other one, but my mom said, no, oh. she, um, set the limit on that. So anyway, I had the other camera for a long time. I took the other camera to Europe. My sister ended up with the other camera and I don't know what happened to it now. I think she might still have it or she gave it to my cousin or something. I mean, my niece anyway. Very nice. So what I guess what I was getting at is that when I did photography when I was younger, it took me a long time to realize that bringing my camera everywhere and taking pictures of everything put me outside of the experience. It was like I wasn't in the picture, literally. Another thing I realized was that I didn't like my pictures as much that didn't have people in them. It was like people set the stage or something, And so pictures I had that were just scenery, they became just scenery as time went on, but pictures that had people in it captured like a time and moment and they made it like memorable. I I don't know how to even explain it, but at the point that I realized that I wasn't part of the scene when I was behind the camera, I, uh, I just wanted to be in the scene then. I wanted to be in there eating the ice cream. I wanted to be in there, you know, like immersed in the experience of something rather than on the outside, looking into it, looking at it from outside. So I started like putting my camera down, but in the last, I don't know how many years, I mean, since cell phones came out, I've seen like a shift of everyone taking pictures, right? Everyone taking photos and it's putting them outside of the, like, even if you're doing selfies, even though you're in the picture, you're the one taking the picture, which means you're more concerned about framing the picture than being in the experience of being where you're at. You're more concerned about editing the picture you're more concerned it's just about like and what is the selfie for but to share so now you're more concerned about um telling other people about the experience and you're not even out of the experience yet you're still there you're there giving away the moments you have in the experience to like bringing others to it but not really it just doesn't so If we're here to experience, if we're here to be present, then we have to make decisions that assist us in being present. Sometimes I get the urge to call someone and I find that it's very much like taking a picture. I can share it later or I can just be more present because the other person who I want to call, they're not here. Their voice might be here, but they will not be here. So I have to make that decision. <laughs> I was going to say that call. I have to make that decision whether or not to make the call. Ah, uh, very fascinating. Oh my goodness. So today, what does your happiness depend on? Have you thought about it yet? Have you woken up and, and, and laid in bed and just thought about like what is getting you out of bed today? What are you passionate about? You know, I've decided to get out of bed on my own terms from now on because I can be a very reactionary person who is like, oh, the clock says it's this time I have to do this. The dog says he has to go to the bathroom. i got to get out of bed and let the dog out. You know, the dog says he's hungry. i got to do that. It's easy to be reactive. But I find it so much better to be in flow. I find it so much better to be uh, listening for the inspired action, you know, being present for that. Yeah, there's just, I, I feel there's a good day ahead. And I don't know what to expect. I have no idea. Uh, it's going to be great, though. It is going to be great. And uh, everything is possible. Everything. So what is holding you back from engaging your happiness? Like, I'd be happy if... Are you saying that today? I'd be happy if I felt better. I'd be happy if I had more money. I'd be happy if I had my new place. I'd be happy if I wasn't working at this place. What is the thing that you are saying I'd be happy if or but? Mm. And now I want you to know that that thing, if we can engage, like in our relationship with all that is, has many solutions. Many. And what if you could be happy engaging in the solution of that thing? But when we say, I'd be happy, but, or if it weren't for, hmm, what we're doing is we're saying that I am powerless to this thing in my life. And wouldn't it be great if you could just step into your power and find that solution and I totally believe you can, I do it all the time. So perhaps it's time to do that. Wow. Wow. So what if it is your job? You know, we have this thing called ego and I tell people it's a tool. It isn't a nemesis. See, when I first heard about it and learned about it, I was so shell-shocked that there was such a thing within me <laughs> that I wanted to get rid of it. I thought, this is making me a bad person. I don't want this thing. But over my many, many years of studying and and learning and expanding, I came to recognize that the ego is A fabulous tool. And we've been given it to be part of the creative process. Part of that co-creative process. And it's up to us to engage it in a responsible way. Just like we've been given food. It's up to us to eat in a responsible way. That's another thing I'm working on today. I'm doing a little bit of lemon water. So if we have been given the ego... Uh, to use as a tool. Are you using it correctly? Now, the reason I bring this up is because when I said that there is solution at your fingertips for everything, and that when you're in your power with all that is, you can access all the solutions. Well, the ego is going to step up and attempt to pretend to be that oneness and say, oh, not happy at the job. You got to quit the job. It'll never be okay. Um, you got to get rid of it. Uh, it's like happiness depends on you getting rid of it. And anytime I hear an ultimatum, it's all or nothing. That's the ultimatum. That is the words of the ego. It always is all or nothing. If I had my 3d chart, I would actually add that onto my 3d chart right now on the 3d side. It would be all or nothing. And I don't know what I'd put on the 5D side, the magic within, the magic within. How cool is that? The magic within, the magic within the solution, within the job, within the relationship. And we would find the magic within. So the answer is always to raise your frequency. And as we raise our frequency, I have a friend and she keeps saying, she's so, so yummy. And she keeps saying... I've learned my lesson, and I realize I'm not supposed to be in the corporate world. I'm not supposed to be, well, I don't know if it's a corporate world or working in an office, let's just say, working in an office. I'm not supposed to be working in an office. And I'm like, yay, congratulations. And then she'll end up back in an office job. And she's like, but this is what I do, it's what I know, it's what pays the bills, and I have to do this right now, and I'm gonna save my money. But because she's already expanded beyond the job in the office, she gets slammed out. So she has been, she has been, um, attacked psychologically at these places and, and forced out of the job. Then she's gone back. She has been sick. So attacked physically, um, maybe even by her own body. Right. And then gone back. She's been almost killed. And I know it's not funny, but my God, it just, it keeps escalating. Oh, and she's been fired and she's been fired and not for anything she's done. So crazy, absolutely crazy. And not just fired once, you know, I, I would say multiple times, but that was after she got so miserable that she manifested a firing because she didn't want to quit and it's very possible that somewhere deep down in there are some sort of programs about what it takes to quit a job. Like maybe she has to be almost dying to quit a job. And she hasn't even been able to quit when she was almost dying. <laughs> but she always had a plan and I loved her plans, you know, like I loved hearing her plans. But this is what I'm talking about. We we don't have to... Um, we just don't have to work so hard to get what we want unless we believe we do right you don't have to work that hard i am sure i am absolutely positive that i've worked that hard at times and that's when your body rails up to help make the um the path more known like more um like heard And we still don't hear it because we're not used to listening to our bodies and interpreting how they speak to us. We'd rather say, I've always had this problem. This is what dust does to me. This is, um, you know, uh, I was injured, you know, and so this is going to come up. Well, one of the things I've known about my injuries, my chronic pain and injury in my body is that. Let me think I like a leaped so far ahead my, my chronic pain and injury are messages from my body above and beyond chronic pain and injury. They are not systematic or symptom of they're not symptom of some sort of deficiency within me. They are most definitely a symptom of me not listening to the wisdom. That my body is imparting and it's not wisdom about oh you're not getting enough vitamin a i guarantee you it's not it and i've done this work so now remember chronic pain is pain that's come up over a long period of neglect like i'm going to just use the word neglect neglecting listening to the messages your body's giving you and not about vitamin deficiency and not necessarily about um pollen or any of these things right now, listen, this is what it's about. The, the body has messages like, you are more than you believe you are. That is a message from your body. You are loved. That is a message from your body. And when our body says, know that you are loved, and we say, well, I don't believe you. I'm not lovable. Or I'd be lovable if. And when we put that resistance up, against those messages our body has for us, that is where the resistance starts. That resistance turns to pain. The pain turns to issue. The issue turns to problem. The problem turns to chronic. The chronic turns to disease. The disease turns to death. Crazy. And we did it when we ignored those messages. Now, I think it's like very cute in a way because I can be very, um, combative or I have been in the past. I can be controlling. And these are the things that I learned to survive my childhood. And I'd like to think I'm not so much anymore. I mean, I can be, but it doesn't serve me anymore to come from that place. So <clears throat> if, if right, I am combative, it's not me being combative with the world as I think it is. It's me being combative with my body. It's me being combative with the messages that are coming up from within. So what if I didn't? What if I wasn't combative? What if this inner voice was my my most honest teacher? And what if I had made a commitment to be of respectful, and 100% present, and 100% listening, and 100% on board with every lesson, with every message my teacher had to offer. And when when my teacher said, you are worthy, this is making me want to cry. But when my teacher said that, who am I to say, no, you're wrong. I've taken you as my teacher, but you're wrong. So I want to comply. I am worthy. Okay, I am worthy. I am worthy. I am worthy. What does it mean to be I am worthy? What does it mean? And I am the one that has to use that message enough. Like use it enough so that it doesn't have resistance anymore. It doesn't have anything in the way. And when I hear it, I feel it. When I hear it, I know it. So what is that like? How long does it take? And it doesn't really matter, right? It's different for different people. But when I start to accept the words coming from my teacher, and in this case, I'm saying it is your body. Guess what? I'm letting go of the resistance. I'm saying, no, you don't. I mean, in the past, I've said, no, you don't know who I am. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know what I deserve. But now I say, yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Yes, I love me. Yes, yes, yes. And when I say yes, yes, yes to these messages, the resistance is gone. And guess what? I no longer have lower back pain. I no longer have lower back pain. I can work in my gardens. Now, if I start or have resistance or I push, it is my go-to because it is my path of least resistance. That is the messages I've been denying, and that is where they will show up. So I'm going to tell you this little story I heard, and I don't remember where I heard it. Oh, my gosh, it's getting late. Okay, so there was this woman, and she had breast cancer, and she healed herself like she had a magical healing well, maybe it wasn't magical, but she did heal. And she was healed, and she was just like, wow, this was amazing. And she told everybody. And I think this, I don't know if this was a, a Esther Hicks story. I don't know. I don't remember where it came from. Anyway, but she told everybody about her healing. After a while, her family and friends, they got tired of hearing her story because they heard it a million times. They're like, yeah, 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 we know, we know, we know. And she was, her message wasn't being heard. And she really wanted to share this message, but it wasn't being heard. And she felt that, I don't know, like she was less than for not having people to listen to her message. So she um, suddenly found she had cancer, like in her, in her toe or something, in her toe, her big toe. And she ended up in a hospital again. And it took her a little while to realize that she manifested cancer To get attention with her stories about cancer again. And when she recognized that she had done that, she let it go. She let it go and the cancer went away. It's up to us to be vigilant for what is in our bodies and take ownership and responsibility for that. And our happiness depends on it, right? Because happiness is I am worthy. Happiness is I am loved. I am lovable. I am enough. If you're looking to find out what your body's telling you, go get Louise L. Hayes' Heal Your Body book. It's a little purple book. It used to be called The Little Blue Book. It's a little purple book. You can get it for seven bucks or somewhere around there. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it at thrift Books anywhere. Go get that book. And um, basically, it's a, just a little chart of ailments. And look up your ailment. It does the sides of the body You know, get to know the book. How about that? Get to know the book. Peruse around. Look up your friend's ailments. Look up yours. Look up your childhood ailments. Look everything up. I used to get um a couple things. Strep throat every year, and I used to get um, infotago, I think it was called. It was like these sores on the arm. I don't know. Is that some childhood illness? Anyway, I am thinking we go look up those today because I got them like clockwork every year. Now, I also didn't feel like I had a voice in my um, own home when I was a child. So There you go. That could have been something to do with that throat. I'm going to go check it out. Anyway, this has been awesome. I'm so glad we had so much time today. Thank you. I love you. Bye now.
0: Thank you for joining us on That Happiness Show. If you'd like more information or have questions, you can reach me at jemmafossett.com or 401-699-6142. Private sessions are available as well as retreats. It is time to wake up and learn to love yourself again. Thank you for listening. This is Gemma Fawcett, host of That Happiness Show.